Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. The Volume. Oh, man, everything just tastes a little sweeter. The air smells a little better. Energy's a little greater. And it's all because football is back and in full swing with another week of epic games. And hmm, can you guess who's got you covered? On all the action for every single one of those games. That's right. You already know the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Okay. An official betting partner of the NFL. And once again, right now, new customers can bet just $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. If you're signing up for the DraftKings the first time, promo code TBOB, you bet $5 on football, you get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Are you kidding me, guys? But it's not just the new customers, okay? Nobody misses out with DraftKings. In fact, all DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Just get on the app and check them out. So get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook app. Download the app now using the promo code TBOB, T-B-O-B, to sign up, and you can take advantage of that incredible new customer deal, bet $5, and take home $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBOB, T-B-O-B, the crown is yours. If you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Hello, um, world, college football world. Uh, my name is T-Bob Bear. <laughs> um and this is snaps a college football show and this is a video that um no one ever wants to do in their professional career as uh this is an apology video and look i've i've, I've gone for a long time without having to make an apology video you know never got caught up into any scandal until i just talked a little too much shit um let's be clear texas fans if you are in the chat right now, thank you for being here. Give me your worst. I will read the funniest comments and I will accept any criticisms levied against me uh, for flat out. No bones about it. No way of spinning it. I was wrong about this Texas Longhorn football team. I was wrong in multiple ways. Um, it would appear, although, you know, if I still wanted to be stubborn, I could argue one game sample, but no, I'm not even going to do that. It would appear that I was even wrong 
about Sark. I was definitely wrong about Quinn Ewers. And Mm -hmm. uh, maybe the worst part about all of this is that um, mm, is that upon rewatching the game, I only felt more wrong. Like it was, and 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 that's why I want to get this. I want to get this out of the way right here off the bat. I am the soft one. I am a fucking clown. I was wrong, okay? <laughs> because I do want to talk about the game itself. Because the game bears a ton of mentioning here. Like that's where the discussion should actually be. And you know what else, Aaron? I mean, okay, here. So two side things here real quick. Air Murray Coast here on Snaps. Um, okay, first, I don't hate Texas, okay? I do uh, fucking hate Alabama. No, 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 no. Uh, I do. I do legitimately. No, 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 no. I, I don't doubted know. Texas. I wanted Texas to be better. I never hated Texas. You know what I do hate? I do hate mm. Alabama. Now, did I think Texas was soft? Absolutely. Okay. And I thought what they did going into Tuscaloosa and handing Nick Saban his first home double digit loss since he was at LSU in 2003, I would have thought, I did think that was impossible for Texas, but it was born of doubt, never of hate. Did it lead to a weird ass situation where out of ego and pride, it's actually a great lesson for me about ego, but of ego and pride, I find myself cheering for the Alabama Crimson Tide on Saturday? It did, okay? And I'm a dumbass for that, okay? But you know what? Dumbass reaps. I I, I got what it, I got. dumbass rewards when you play dumbass mm-hmm. games, okay? And I end up cheering for a team that I actually hate, and then they lose. So I, I'm okay. I'm okay. Texas, back, good. We'll discuss it. And the other part of this, fuck you, Alabama. Your empire's done, okay? Seven, here, how about this? Last seven power five games for the Alabama Crimson Tide, Aaron Murray, four and three. Four and three in their last seven power five games. Nick Saban's not even yelling anymore. It's over. The SEC is also garbage. Texas is going to do great in the SEC, okay? I want to get ahead of the curve here. Mm. Texas is going to make this wow. swimmingly to the wow. SEC. I don't know if I'm going to let you on this on this on this train right now. The Texas like, train's already mean? gone. It no. left the station, T. Bob. You ain't jumping on it right now. All the the, no. the crap talking you did all off season. I don't think I'm going to allow you to jump onto this Longhorn bandwagon right now. It is left. You had an opportunity. I tried to convince you the entire off season you did. that this was going to be a team that that this was a different year for Texas. This wasn't going to be the same old Texas team that we continue to make fun of year in and year out about Texas is back. No, they're really not. Texas, they're built different. And I thought we saw that. Not We did see that on Saturday night because what I tell you, they're going to be better where it matters the most. And the defensive line, they were better at the offensive line. They're deep at the skill position and they got a legitimate quarterback. They have everything you need. Yeah. That defensive line whooped Alabama. I mean, whooped them. All this talk about Alabama and then 350 pound offensive linemen, and they're just going to run through everyone on their schedule. They got dominated at home. The receiving core for Texas was superb. Quinn Ewers was dropping dimes left and right. I mean, some of those balls, I think, are still coming down from the moon uh, on some of those go balls and post routes. It was, it wasn't, it shouldn't have even been close, honestly. I just, I just rewatched it about an hour ago. Yeah, me too. They dominated Alabama. They dropped the touchdown. It didn't even matter. I mean, Xavier Worthy had dominated. Had to, had to, yeah. so, um, Texas is Sark year three, built this team. Yeah based on what he saw during his time at Alabama. And it took two years to get there, which is, should be not like some like, oh my God, it took two years to get to this point. Like in year three, to have a team right now that is a legitimate national contender, Sark is a really good head coach. He's a great, great, the, the schemes on offense. I mean, the offensive game plan was was magnificent. And he's now proven that you can't say it again. You can never say it again, T-Bob. Sark has got his his signature win. He did, dude. No, no, I know. I know. That's that only one team has won over the past 53 times yeah. in Tuscaloosa. He just did it. I know. I know. I know. Um, Q Blood says, is that O Blood? Okay, O Blood 04 says T Bob a lot of analysts saw it like you. They need to realize that Sark recruits a team is way different from how strong and Herman did it. My deal was my doubt was with Sark, right? 
because I look at Sark's resume and I don't actually see anything that good. Right. And so I yeah. convinced myself that Sark would never be the one to do it. And you know what else, Aaron, like we're going to get into it. The, 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 the line play was incredible. The, 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 I mean, Quinn Ewer's ability to throw the deep ball yeah, gives me goosebumps. Um, but Steve Sark, which was, also which is something played. he didn't do well all last year. No, or all even last first year. Rice. Like you look at Rice, he was over six. He was yeah. over six of balls over 20 yards versus Rice. I mean, that was my only thing. I remember I told you last week after that game, I was like, I thought Quinn played really well versus Rice. He needed to improve on his deep ball accuracy. Mm -hmm. He needed to get the ball out a little bit earlier. Um, but I have never seen a quarterback throw with better anticipation, mm. whether it's a bubble screen, a five-yard out, a 10-yard stop route, a post-ball, go-ball. Quinn gets rid of it. Yeah, sometimes a little beautiful. bit too early because, like you know, I'm like, man, the, the, that receiver is nowhere near ready to catch a football. But he throws with incredible anticipation, and he he improved in a week, which is hard to do on the one thing that he did not do well in week one, which is the deep ball, and he was terrific. So that is all. Also to say that Sarkeesian called the hell of a game plan. Yes. Right. Like when you're thinking about yep. Steve Sarkeesian, the one thing that was never really doubted was his ability to call the <laughs> offense. And that was, I mean, he just felt like it felt like Alabama was just reeling the entire night. Like they were mm -hmm. on their back heel. Um, uh, so uh, Texas tattoo, you let your emotions about Texas take over. It's all good to Bobby band up and on. I did. Okay. And, and to be fair, yes, like I said, I let ego get into play a bit there where you want to be right so badly that as Obla points out, you end up cheering for Alabama on tape. Mm. Which, but also to be clear, like, fuck out there. I mean, LSU's two and two against them recently. I don't, I don't care about them anymore. They're whatever. Um, all right, let's get into the game itself then. Uh, we both said it, Aaron, off the bat before the show. We started talking to each other and, and Saturday, which was the wildest part about this match. I mean, there's a ton of good to break down. But without a doubt, the wildest part was the extent to which Texas beat Alabama's ass on both sides mm -hmm. of the lines. Yep. Alabama's uh, offensive line was terrified of that Texas front. I mean, the center, and, and I know because I've been there, the center had two illegal snaps, two double yeah. club sets. How many How many balls did you see him roll back there to Jalen Milrow? Uh, we did the week one, two. He did it week one, too. He was doing that crap. Uh, and, and so it doesn't help, though, when you have a nose guard that you're terrified of getting beat yeah. by. The big guy off the end, who's the big white boy freshman? Ethan Burke off the end. I mean, five yeah. sacks. For uh, how many five sacks, nine TFLs for Texas yep. defensive front, zero sacks, two TFLs for Alabama. So Texas dictated the pace from the jump and maintained the mm -hmm. entire game in the trenches. No, and that was they looked. Yes, they're big, they're gigantic, but they look slow and they look soft mm -hmm. for, for yeah, a team do. that wanted to impose their will. And, and and go back to the Alabama style of football from when Nick Saban took over. Yeah, just because you're big doesn't mean you're just going to dominate. Like those guys were lethargic; they were slow off the line. It's not like they were playing in Austin either. Like you're at home, so it's it's quiet. Like you 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 get to use quarterback cadence. He can mix it up. Advantage offensive line in that situation. Plus, let's not also forget T. Bob. You've probably the most athletic quarterback in college football, and we'll get to Jalen Milrow about his game. But when a defense is going to play Jalen Miller, what's in the back of their mind? Rush lanes, not always feeling like you have to get after the quarterback because we don't want to, you know, essentially have a bust and let him run around, which he did every now and then. But you're not always going to get 100% from a defensive line getting after the quarterback sure. because of the hesitation of who the quarterback is. And yet, and yet you still got dominated over and over again in the run game. They only averaged 3.1 yards per carry, per carry. And that's with Jalen running all over the place. So, yeah, man, I think that was, to me, teams in the SEC and, 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 and the media were thinking, oh, my goodness, Alabama's back to, to this dominating style of football. And then we watched the game, and I don't think it can just be corrected either. Like, yeah, let's give Texas credit. Like, that defense line for Texas is going to be an absolute nightmare the entire year. Yeah. But Alabama's offense line is not elite. Third year in a row, they're too. not elite. Third they're not going to. They're row, not elite. That's what's wild because Bryce Young made up for it the last two years. But that's now yes. three years in a row where you've had an Alabama team that has, uh, just full of four and five stars. Like everybody, yep. if you go 
their high school recruiting would have been probably like first or second in their position. And for whatever reason, they're getting to Tuscaloosa and they just are not developed. Mm-hmm. Okay, real quick here on Bama, I want to say again, Aaron, one thing you were a thousand percent correct about was Jalen Milrow turning the ball over, right? I mean, inexcusable turnovers, really bad picks, not seeing the bad field. Picks. I thought that he would not have won the job or the question was like, okay, he won the job, right? And Saban's never going to give the job to a guy who does that unless the other guys are that bad, right? So I'm actually shocked at just how poor that position group as a whole has been mismanaged at Alabama that you don't have a better thrower than Jalen Milrow in this crew, somebody who can kind of read the defense better. It's 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 really down there at Alabama right now. But it, it, you can add on to that, but I do want to get back to Texas because I don't want to make this about Alabama. This yeah, is more no, about no. Texas to me. I, I, I think that's 100% correct. Like This is all about Texas being a legitimate national contender, but but yeah. we will obviously talk about Alabama because it's Alabama Nick Saban. And it, and it was just, it's still shocking to me to see them play in that fashion, to lose a line of scrimmage and to have still a bunch of quarterback issues. And I, I think this is less to do with Jalen was such a, a clear cut winner. And I think it's more of a concern of like the other two guys just, I guess, aren't very good. Like from, from hearing Ty Simpson was now the number three quarterback on that roster. And some of the rumors being, he just hasn't, you know, shown the coaching staff that he's able to handle the entire playbook. Um, you just don't get rid of a turnover issue in three months. And I say three months and not even dating back to last year because in the spring game, he was turning the ball over as well. Yeah. And you don't just cure that over the summer and fall. Like it just doesn't happen overnight. And, and, and Jalen just doesn't see the field. Well, that first interception, it's cover three. Backside safety rotates down to the middle of the field, low. Frontside safety goes to the high. I mean, it, it, everything to me is screaming cover three. It's clear as day. And there's a flat defender sitting right there as he should be in a cover three situation, and you throw it right at him. Yeah. Right at him. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, what are we doing? It's like day um, one type and, and stuff. I will defend him. I will defend him. I, mean, I think the first thing I told you when we got on pre-show, I was like, yeah, Jalen was bad, and he missed some easy throws, and he had some, some turnovers, but it still goes down to that offensive line. More times than not, Jalen had dudes at his feet. He was having to run around. And sometimes it was his fault, sometimes the offensive line fault. Like he was looking for the big play a lot throughout the ball game. Mm-hmm. He was trying to create home run after home run where there was multiple times where he could have hit his first, you know, his third step, taking a hitch, taking a five, six yard yeah. gain, and just moved the chains. So he has to get better there too. But his offense line didn't him no favors either. It was a, it was a, it was, I'm not, I think a lot of people after the game were blaming Jalen. He deserves some of it. But as an offense, a whole, man, it's just not a really dynamic offense at the moment. Uh, no, it's not. And, and okay. So we we're we're in agreement that there are problems about Alabama that need to be, I, you know, we gotta, we gotta analyze it further. Right. But we'll yep. do that later in the week right now. Let's get back to Texas. Cause there are three things out of this game that blew me away. Like we said, the first, the controlling of the line, the yep. second, uh, the mental toughness in terms of game flow, what I saw out of Texas, and I'll explain what I mean there. And then the third is Quinn Ewers. Uh, we'll get to Quinn, I think, save the best for last. But okay. that's the other crazy thing about me. It wasn't just winning line of scrimmage, Aaron, but they out-toughed Alabama. Like, mm. Alabama came out hitting. They were trying to lay that wood and let Texas know, and Texas hit right back. And 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 credit Texas because in the past, we have seen them, and Joey McGuire said it after Texas Tech won last year, right? I told you they were going to break. You push, 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 push. I told you they were going to break, right? Well... I kept expecting them to break, and they showed a ton of mental and physical toughness, right? They don't uh, – go look back at that third quarter because it's kind of easy to forget given the final score. They don't score in that third quarter. They end up giving up 10 unanswered. Like, there is a massive touchdown pass to Jermaine Burton to take a 16-13 lead at the end of that game, and I thought for sure that this was going to fall. Another moon ball for a touchdown. So Texas did an excellent job of quickly responding to every haymaker that Bama landed. Mm -hmm. And that impressed me. I didn't think they were possible. I didn't think they were capable of that. No, I I didn't either. Um, Quinn Ewers, I I don't know if you want to. Yeah, it, it 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 comes down to him. 
And we've talked about this a little bit in, in, last week with Colorado, and, and I think we're going to talk about Colorado a little bit more in depth during the show. But when you have a, 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 a mature quarterback, and Quinn obviously has shown he has matured from last year to this year. Um, and, and I think that was my biggest confidence in the season. Like I saw enough good things from Quinn Ewers last year to say, okay, I, I see the foundation's been laid. He's going to be in his second year with Steve Sarkeesian, who you look at his track record and some of the stuff he's done with quarterbacks. I have confidence that he's going to be a better quarterback heading into the season. You look at the weapons around him. The receivers are some of the best receivers in the country uh, as a unit and an experienced offensive right line. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then an experienced offensive line who, you know, was a little bit soft first rice, but still is an experienced unit. And I'm just like, man, I, I, I think this kid has a chance to be pretty special. Uh, he obviously he needs that big signature win to kind of elevate his confidence a little bit and get the fan, the fan base on his on his side, especially when you add uh, a Manning onto that 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 roster. But when you have a quarterback that can play at that level, mm-hmm. that can also take care of the football too. Something that we talked about with 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 Sanders as well at Colorado, plays a mature style of football, takes care of it, throws guys opens. Uh, doesn't force ball down the field when it's not there. All those little things that are, you know, th- that are easier said than done from the quarterback position. Quinn Ewers has demonstrated that for the first two weeks of the season that he can handle the pressures of going into Tuscaloosa in a big time road environment and be methodical with his game plan, be methodical with his progress of going from one to two to three, trusting his receivers, trusting his game plan, throwing the ball on time accurately uh, at all three levels. To me, that gives me more confidence than anything else. And I put a tweet out yesterday that in today's game, we've always talked about defense wins championships. If you have a quarterback like Quinn Ewers and receivers like that, that will win you championships. Yeah. And obviously it helps to have a defense like Texas, but I think of LSU in 19. I think of Alabama in 20. It took a you took an offensive performance from Georgia last year versus Ohio State. You know, where A.D. Mitchell's making plays and Bowers is making plays and Stetson's playing great football. Like, you need that type of offense. You can't win championships scoring in the low 20s. You have to win championships scoring in the 40s. And that takes really good quarterback play, really good receiver play, or in Georgia's standpoint, elite tight end play over the past couple seasons. Well, and if you've been an old-time Snaps fan, like if you listened to last season, which is our first season, but – that was one thing, Aaron, that I thought you really brought to light pretty consistently that kind of, I feel like, goes underappreciated sometimes. Or maybe it was just me, and I'm just projecting my own beliefs. But, like, I did tend to underappreciate weapons, right? I always thought about the quarterback elevating the weapons around him um, and gave not enough credence to how much it helps to have elite weapons around you and and how much easier that makes quarterback job. And maybe that sounds obvious to me. So like, I don't know, maybe I was just way fucking off, but that's, that's how I thought. And then we started doing the show together and you keep mentioning it more often than right. It ended up being pretty good indicators of like, who was going to be good, who was going to be bad. And here you go again, you keep telling me about this Texas weapons. And I'm like, Oh, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. And then you look up Jatavian Sanders, five catches for 114, uh, 80 Mitchell, three for 78, two scores, uh, Xavier worthy five for 75 and a touchdown should add two uh Whittington with three for 44 like it, it's spread out production threats all over the field deep threats intermediate and Quinn Ewers is a guy that could deliver and Quinn Ewers deep balls were unreal this game that first touchdown probably hung up in the air for about five seconds and dropped yep. in exactly where it needed to be not a bad hang up just literal dropped it over the defender <laughs> into the receiver's arms he had one up the left side on a drive that didn't score uh I can't remember who caught it's it A.D. It Mitchell maybe- yeah, it was yeah, maybe even AD better. Is unreal. It, it was, was unreal. unreal, dude. It was unreal. So he's again, a first round quarterback. He's a first round talent. I am the clown. I was wrong, Texas. Well, hook him. Okay. Good what, job. What happened? What happened? What happens in your mind? Because this is this is Texas's issue of of if Texas breaking through. Because I think we both agree, like Texas is elite. Texas is 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 one of the one of the top teams, in my opinion, that can win a championship because they have an elite offense. Yeah. Because they have, a, I would still say, one of the top 10 defenses in, in the country. Like They have everything you need to win a championship. The yeah. only thing that's going to get away from Texas winning a championship is Texas. Is them sleepwalking at some point this season multiple times? Uh, now, no. I mean, no. I'm not, I'm not going to, you know. Look, Ben Franklin, I can't remember the exact quote, right? But he's a big believer in this idea that 
no man should ever be so set in his beliefs that if he is presented with evidence that proves the opposite of what he believes to be true is actually true, right? Like you have to be willing to change. And so I feel like I just got, you know, easy to understand, like fingerprint evidence about about this Texas team that no, they are fucking different. They are fucking good. And they can beat anybody. They can play with you. To go into Tuscaloosa and win by double digits, I know Alabama has problems, but I don't care. To do that, yeah, no, I mean, I'll favor Texas every game of this Big 12 schedule. I'm not saying favor. I'm just saying, like, are you – are you, will, will you I will give the benefit of the doubt. Will, okay, so say the, they're so, not going to fuck up so, twice. So say they Maybe lose they to Kansas. Well, I think uh, they have grace. I think they have – I think I think, I think you you may – I mean – I keep bringing up Georgia, but Georgia's been the like the, the bar. They've won two back-to-back national championships. Georgia almost lost on the road against you know last year against Missouri. Yeah, like, there's gonna be a game. Yeah, that, that that or maybe even two or three that that are close games. Like there's some good opponents on that schedule. You know, like but, are they are they significantly better? Yes, than Kansas, than Oklahoma, than Kansas State and TCU and Texas Tech. Like yeah, they should beat everyone by. They should be favored by ten points minimum every single game the rest of the season. Doesn't mean that they're going to win by double digits every game either. Like you can't freak out if there's a close game. No, 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 no. Well, and but but again, that's why. Remember, I had my three buckets, right? Control line scrimmage impressed me. Uh, Quinn Ewers, but then that's where the the mental toughness comes into play because that was the the unquantifiable element in all of this. Texas always yep. had dogs, right? They were always yep. more talented. Why were they losing these games? Because you can't really put a number on it, but they were not mentally tough. They would fold. Mm -hmm. So when you go into Alabama and you weather that third quarter and you weather the late score and you don't just like, and you punch back and say, okay, no, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to believe it. There's the evidence. Like, that's what I needed to see. So again, I'm... Uh, Look, it cruise with you saying not so fast. It's team up. Stop with the Texas chatter. They are who they are. Self-imploders. I don't think so. Not this year. Not after what I saw. But you know what? It's a one-game sample, so we got to see. Texas rocks. Texas tells show me they'll bring the same intensity every week. Normally sleepwalking against teams we should beat soundly. Again, I agree. Feels like this team does have some good upperclassmen leadership, though. And to me, that's one of the always the um, that's the key to avoiding uh, the pitfalls against the lesser teams. Um, So look, just a massive look, Texas fans. I know it's been a long time, and I don't even mean that disrespectfully. Um, but I hope you're enjoying this Monday because this is the good stuff, right? Like this yep. is the good feeling where everything in life just feels a little better, falls in the air. It's it's simply fucking fantastic. So good on you, Texas fans. You proved all the haters wrong, like me. Even though I would like to say that some of you maybe should be thanking me because I kind of feel like I drove you, like you know, to to higher heights, right? Like I demanded better of you, and so you gave me your best, and and you know, congrats on that. You're welcome, but congratulations as well. Uh, do I need to do an apology for this next game since you? Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, I think I, think I need is, to do an apology for this I next think, one. I think this is. Uh, yeah, it looks like the uh, shoe is on the other foot now, Aaron. As yes. Um, what What did you say about A and M on Saturday? A and M Miami. Yeah, A and M was going to be in my double digits, and and and, and ended up being the other way around. Uh, so I will I will take this time right now. To to apologize to the Miami fa- faithful, uh, I will let you know that my family is from Miami. I have family okay. that still lives in Miami. It's so like there I, there is deep inside of me that does want Miami to be a good team. Uh, you know, Dorsey was one of my quarterbacks, one of my favorite quarterbacks back in the day. So like, I, I, I you're not I, really I, apologizing. I, I'm, I, I, no, I'm, not, I'm <laughs> trying to lessen the blow here. I came into this season. Yeah, not a believer in Tyler Van Dyke, and it's hard to be after what he did last year. And, and yes, you can point to a really bad offensive coordinator. You can point to what he did the year before and just say, "Listen, he'll he's he's going to get back to his old ways." I just did not from 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 some of the issues I even saw with him last year. I just didn't think that he was a a first round talent, second round talent. I thought he was just a a, a good quarterback, not a quarterback capable of putting his team on his back. And winning a big time football game the way he did this past weekend. So more of an apology, less less to Miami, but more to Tyler Van Dyke. I was wrong. I judged you based on a really bad offense coordinator last mm-hmm. year, and you are a very talented quarterback, and and you showed it this weekend. 
21 to 30, five touchdowns. And we talked about that Miami offensive line the week before about how dominant they were. They, they didn't really get it going on the run game, but man, they gave him time in the pocket. And when he had some time, he delivered over and over and over again down the field. Uh, pinpoint accuracy, very, very impressive and, and a monster win for the Hurricanes. And I guess we can talk good about them first before we talk about how bad he is. Well, yeah. Okay. 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 So, and I'm going to get the super chat in a second here um, because, you know, I'm not, not done eating one crow today. I might as well just eat a fucking murder of them. Because way to go, T-Bob. I did declare the U dead forever a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So um, that's a take that hasn't aged well. Uh, I also spent, in the same vein as Sark, about six to nine months calling him Mario Christofraud. And so, uh, again, it would appear that I was very wrong. Now, Miami still has more to prove to me than Texas does, right? Because as we'll talk to, like you just alluded to, A&M looked like shit. So, like, the opponents are vastly different in terms of what, what you overcame, but I still didn't even think the U was capable of that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so we'll get into game flow. We'll talk about the actual game, but again, I too on there, uh, Marty Funkhauser, the $2 super chat ag here. Jimbo is a joke. And some of us knew it. JP Ramirez says us Aggies have a tendency of making QBs look like fucking Heisman winners. Um, I'll say this. I mean, Tyler Van to me, just because we know how good Tyler Van Dyke can be, this yep. is more maybe about him being really good. I mean, AM has problems. Don't get me wrong. Like AM right. wastes so much defensive talent. It's kind of unreal. But like, I don't want to take away from what from what Tyler Van Dyke did because he was uh fantastic. The only thing I maybe need to see they need, out of they, Miami, they, they, they need a, to apologize to, to Mike Elko for all the negativity they had when he was DC. Mm -hmm. We're gonna there get for to the that. Aggies. We're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. Oof. The only thing I need to see from Miami, though, Aaron. Now that you got your big win, your kind of signature win here, uh, if you could call it this, but whatever, you got to fill out win. that stadium. You got to fill out that stadium. And if you're looking for tickets, you want to download the Game Time app. We're talking about the fastest growing ticketing app in the United States. It could be last minute, man. You need amazing deals. You want to see your favorite college team, pro team this September, download Game Time. And it's not just football, um, they got baseball, concerts, comedy shows, whatever you want. And right now, you download the Game Time app code SNAPS. Use the promo code SNAPS, S N A P S. You get $20 off your first purchase. Of course, terms apply. Promo code SNAPS, S N A P S, $20 off. Download Game Time no matter where you live. Let's get out and have some fun this week. So, Miami fans, download Game Time and um, they've earned it. That's a big win. The next big home game against a big opponent, that should be a more full stadium supporting. Tyler Van Dyke, who may yeah. have Aaron the potential if he stays badass all year. Tyler Van Dyme is an all-time good quarterback nickname. Like Hell if he's not. just out there threading, threading the needle, dude. TVD, Tyler Van back. I like as well for this uh, for this Monday. And look, I thought I thought Mario Cristobal broke him. You know. Because yeah. he was so good two years ago. And so that's another reason why I was attacking Cristobal so hard. And I was I was wrong on both. Um, it, it, you know what's funny though? It wasn't just the offense. Do you remember the the fumble at the end of that game? I think it was like third and one for a And M. Running back tried to bounce it outside. Jaden Davis hit that man so hard that might have been my favorite play of the entire day. The hit on the broadcast sounded so uh chunky. You know how every now and then there's those hits that you can almost chew on. There's so much thickness and substance to them. Like you feel them in your molars in a good way, like ASMR, like satisfaction. That that's what I felt. Satisfaction with the word. That's what I felt. Satisfaction. <laughs> but that's what I felt uh, on that hit. So shout out Jaden Davis, Miami, bringing it both sides of the ball. Well, you look at their schedule too, and 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 the ACC has been. Uh, been really dominant to start the season off, and and they were kind of a conference that I think most people had as as fifth strongest of of the Power Fives, and they've kind of uh, taken in you know big fu to 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 the country. But you still look at their schedule, and you know Bethune, Temple, Georgia Tech, at North Carolina. I mean that's that that'll be an interesting game. You're more talented, North Carolina. Uh, can you go out there and prove it? Clemson, Virginia, NC State, Florida State, Louisville, and then Boston College. Uh, if they played the way they played this weekend, and this goes back to what we talked about with Texas, there's there's that dog mentality 
that you have to have. It, it, you just can't be good. And that's what made Alabama as good as they did for, for, for a decade plus is when they showed up, there was a belief that we are better than you and we're going to be the bullies and we're just, we're just going to punk you in every single play. And that's how yeah. they dominated. There was an intimidation factor and they played with that mm-hmm. chip on their shoulder. And, 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 and a team like Texas, who is more talented than Miami, like it's hard to compare these two right now, but I'm comparing Miami in the sense of you are more talented than 80% of your schedule going forward. Yeah. Can you have that dog? Can you have that dog mentality where you show up knowing that, Hey, I don't care if North Carolina is ranked We're we, we do have more talent on our roster than North Carolina. We're more talented than Georgia tech. We're more talented than Virginia and NC state and Louisville and Boston college. Like the only two get teams on your schedule that have the same talent as you, or maybe even a little bit talented is for saying Clemson. So you should be 10 and two. Mm-hmm. You should maybe even win one of those games, the, the game versus Clemson right now, because yeah. you look better than Clemson. Yeah. Like the true. only thing getting in Miami's way this year is that dog like mentality of believing in yourself that you're the better team heading into the game. That's it. J Lab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with powerhouse college athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLab joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit jlab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. And, and, but, and, and that's why this game is so important, right? Because this yep. is the type of game, like, that's how you reclaim that. Because you feel like, oh, no, we can go. And, 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 and let's be clear. This wasn't a fucking walk in the park. So the same way I come out of this impressed with uh, Texas mental toughness, Miami, it did not look good early. I mean, they come out, they go three and turnovers, out, they get a punt turnovers. blocked. Yeah, no, they yeah. go three and out, they get a pump blocked. AM immediately goes up 17 nothing. Then they fumble upon a little bit later in the quarter. AM has another mm-hmm. short field. They go up 17 to seven. And it was at that point when I felt like, oh my God, here we go. Like Miami's 
it's all kind of hanging in the balance, right? And it was that point when TVD delivers a 50-yard touchdown bomb. And to me, it was like, oh, okay, settle in. This is a fight. We can punch too. Okay, we belong here. And immediately, just like that, it felt like Van Dyke was back. And it felt yep. like the U was back. And then they carried that over to the rest of that game. Um, so, yeah, take – okay, but but on the A&M front, Aaron, I told you last week that I thought that A&M's defense looked a little soft at times early in that New Mexico game. You're right. Um, they didn't look great today. It looked like awful tacklers. And I got two questions. Was Mike – like, as we see Mike Elko, what he's done at Duke, just how much of A&M's success uh. in the good years under Jimbo – should actually go to Mike Elko. And then now, when you look at this roster and all the four and five stars, is there a worse waste of talent uh, than what the Texas A&M defense is bringing to the field on Saturdays? Well, with with the, all the offensive issues that, that we've seen from A&M over the past few years, yeah, a lot of praise should go to Mike Elko for, for the success for the Aggies because it was the defense leading the charge. So, And now you're seeing him go build a culture at Duke and have success with a good defense and, 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 and a very talented quarterback. So yeah, you're kind of sitting back saying like, who, what was the reason why we had that great year during the COVID year? Why was the success even before that? So uh, not a good look for the Aggies, not a good look, obviously for, as you allude to the second point, the waste of all the four and five star talent on the defense side of the football, they look soft. They look, they did not look physical. There were guys running Scott free wide open in the secondary guys yeah. falling down. In yeah. the secondary, I mean, one on one in Fall the end zone, and all of a sudden a DB just falls on the ground, and you're just like, "What are we doing here?" You're supposed to be a four or five star guy. You're not a. I always measure great athletes by the balance. Can you just stand your damn feet? That's, that's and over so and over crazy. again, I saw guys falling down left and right for this Aggies defense. I'm just like, that's I, another I know, thing man. that's look. I, don't, I don't know if the general public knows is like if you're trying to make an NFL team. Yeah. Staying on your feet is maybe the most important thing. Like, yep. if, or or whatever. Even if you want to play golf, no, whatever. no, it is. It, it's it is. so funny how much you get shit on if you end yep. up on the ground too much. It's actually like one of my. I'm, I was not athletic enough, and and yep. I like was ending up on the ground. They, need, they know. Can you practice? Can you it's practice that full speed? Yes. Can you practice full speed? Because I heard all the time. Obviously, I didn't have to deal with it as a quarterback, but that's how they judge a lot of the offensive line, defensive line. Yes. Uh, of of are you going to make this roster? Or you even going to make practice squad? Can you practice full speed without going on the ground? Because they don't do a lot of tackling in the NFL during the week. They don't. No. So if I can't trust you to, to, to not fall on the ground and tear my quarterback's ACL or offense lineman's ACL, you ain't making the cut. Yeah. It's so, so funny, yeah, that's man. how I judge a lot of how athletic are you? Can you just stand your damn feet? Um, and uh, yeah, it didn't look great for a and M. Uh, I, and, and probably, a and God, I mean, I, I'm, I'm seeing all the Texas fans in chat, shout out Texas rocks, but like, since I love Miami, if you're living more Aggie tears, complete <laughs> me. I mean, what a weekend for a Texas fan. I don't even consider it really from that perspective. Yeah. The combination of right before your game kicks off, you watch the A&M fan base get completely broken. And then you end up going into T-town and breaking Nick Saban and, and causing the, you know, the first official certified guaranteed cracks in the Emperor's armor. It's what a weekend for Texas fans. Um, unreal. Uh, that to me, that's the biggest loss for this weekend is now all of a sudden Texas is about to head to the SEC. They look like a national championship contender. Yeah, They have a, an exciting, sexy offense. They're going to have mm -hmm. a first-round quarterback, first-round receivers. They're going to get 10 guys drafted into the NFL draft next year. I mean, we heard it heading into the game. Like They have a, a boatload of NFL talented guys that will be drafted at some point next uh, April. If you win the Big 12, if you're in the playoffs, all of a sudden, I, I, we talked about this months ago, there's still a mentality in the state that Texas is the bigger brother. It's Already the bigger it's, And it happened again quick, even though it's been years time. where they haven't been. I like, know. They're a literal decade where, it, you know, almost 15 years where mm -hmm. objectively you could argue A&M's been the more successful program and like that, it's gone. Gone. It's gone because they have the bigger brand. It's a bigger brand, man. You always got to be fighting that if you're A&M. And this is not the time to be losing that battle before Texas joins the SEC and before you're probably going to have to play those guys every single year. Another kind of brutal break for A&M is that the offense looked pretty good. You know, like, yeah, Wigman's all right. Like, Evan Stewart's a beast. 
Um, but uh, how about that? Wigman, not Wegman. Who could have guessed? Wigman. Yeah. Wigman. I feel like we spent the entire offseason saying Wegman and nobody ever yeah. corrected us. It's like uh, Shadir, Shadir or Shadir. I'm still trying to figure out how to properly. Well, pronounce you his name. you keep saying Sherrod. So as, as soon as, we, as, soon as we get you to Shadir. flip the consonants <laughs> and get the the D and the R in the correct place, then we can get into. Do you the hear me earlier? Early, early in the early in the show, I just said Sanders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah avoid it. Avoid it's it. Just Sanders. Uh, just avoid it at all costs. Um, other thing is, I would like to give a shout out to Mario Cristobal because I did call him, you know, Christopher Fraud. And he was great. And did you see him put the gut on display? I was thinking Chris Ball's being real ripped up, dude. Chris Ball had a little belly and he kept celebrating. <laughs> he was so happy. He kept popping out, but he didn't care. And that should be celebrating, man. Be confident in your body. Hell yeah. Um, Blake Walters, prime to AM after next year. Give Jimbo one more year so the buyout is less and prime can finish with Hunter. Ooh. E yeah. No, 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 no. I, I, I will call myself. I said this. Six months ago. Oh. Okay. Prime to Bama. Prime's going to Bama. Oh, my God. You said he couldn't. You said no. You said no. When Let's reevaluate that right now. If Nick Saban retires in two years, and I agree, like Prime ain't going to leave Travis. He has, he's going to wait till Travis leaves to go to the NFL. Would you not take prime time if you're the Crimson Tide after Nick Saban? If if the trajectory that we're seeing, and, I, and I'm a big prime believer, I thought that Alabama fans would think they were above Coach Prime. Mm -mm. But even though I thought he'd be successful, the immediate success has kind of blown expectations so far out of the water that as we sit here today, I because Alabama fans are more insecure and Prime yeah. looks better than ever. So no, you're right. Six months later, it does not seem as crazy. Through two weeks of college football. So that's a that's a that's a good call. Air Murray. Uh JP Ramirez Prime will not go to Bama. What the fuck? That would be so awful. One thing about Prime, if I, okay, I don't know. We don't need a big dog bug down here because this is a crazy conversation. But I do feel like he kind of likes forging his own path. You know, you see what he did at Jackson State, going the HBCU route, going to Colorado. I don't think he I, I don't think he dislikes it. Something yeah, but about did he have the Nick, opportunities. So it's not about forging your own path. Like, did he have the opportunities to go other places too, though? Um, bear, I, I, I guess it's just that if he goes to Alabama, he's just another, you know, he's just the latest guy. Whereas if he goes to some other big school, which I mean, whatever, maybe he stays in Colorado for a while, but if he goes to some other big school, he's, um, he's a legend, uh, without the shadow of bear or Nick's like whoever the next Alabama coach is, you're chasing Nick Saban. It's a fucking awful place to be. Yeah. Noah Lejeune primes won two games against mediocre opponents, Colorado going five and seven. All right, let's talk about it. Cause that's the exact disrespect that Shadir Sanders is talking about there. Bruh. Again, it's not to say that Colorado is a championship team. What it is to say is that they have no right being as good as they are right now. No. For a team that was completely remade six months ago, they have no right to be executing, communicating, or playing with the level of discipline that they are right now. That goes back to coaching. That's why people are blown away. Because this is a team that maybe, again, opens at four and a half, win total in the season, immediately becomes the most bet under in the entire country, uh, drops to three and a half, and now they might break that in four weeks. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so again, a lot of the Colorado talk is because there's no way it should be working out this well. Doesn't mean they're championship worthy, but they're still probably they're still better than fucking five and seven. Still way better to try to get. Yeah, and this there. is. I would say I think I think this is a. a I would say eight win team at minimum. I love I love the only thing that's going to hurt them is obviously the Pac-12 this year is just loaded with with great football teams. I mean it's it's going to be a grind here uh, when they get going. And 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 yes, Nebraska's not very good. Um, and 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 there's a lot of issues there from their quarterback play to uh, a plethora of things. But you stomped them. Like it's not just the fact that you won. Yeah. You ran away with it, and you didn't even play as good as you possibly could have. Like that's the difference. Yep. It's not like Colorado won the game 17-14, and both teams looked like crap. You won thirty-six to fourteen. Thirty-six fourteen. Like, you were favored see, by that's three. What about. Favor by three, one thirty six fourteen. This is a, and you and I are watching it together. 
this weekend, the second half. And we just kept saying this over and over again. Like the team like this should not look that good on both sides of the football. No. This early on in the season with this many new parts, yet they do. This is a competitive football team. And this team's going to be competitive the entire season. Game in and game out. Like it, I know people are saying, oh, well, they're just going to win this game this weekend versus Colorado State. Then, you know, just wait till they have to go to Eugene versus Colorado. I'm not so sure. Like I, I, I watched Colorado this morning. And and their comeback victory versus Texas Tech. Shout out Texas You're talking Tech to Oregon. You said Colorado a couple times. You meant Oregon. I mean, meant Oregon. I meant Oregon. Yeah. Like Oregon has some problems themselves that they got to figure out heading into that game. So I think Colorado is a good enough team going back to the quarterback position once again because they have a top tier quarterback. They have elite receivers on the outside. Yeah. The offense line's playing better than we expected. Still, that's that's going to be the question mark the entire season. They have really good guys on the back end defensively. And they play really hard. They play discipline. It's a and, good football team. Well, and really what's funny is team. there's been a phrase that we used a lot here in the first couple of weeks because you're trying to draw conclusions from small sample sizes. So what feels sustainable? And every element Aaron just listed off, those are keys to sustainable success. Not fluky nope. success. Sus- nope. It's the same thing that I saw to Texas, only Texas is more so because the line looks yep. stronger, et cetera, et cetera, right? Yeah. So – that's why I'm high on Texas now. It looked sustainable. Miami did maybe to a bit of a lesser degree, but Colorado has all the elements for this to be sustainable, at least this year yep. with Shadur, right? And then once you get, yep. have to get a new quarterback, everything goes out the window because that looks like a first-round talent right yep. now. Uh, speaking of Shadur, though, this might be some of the most legendary post-game sound I've ever heard. Shadur Sanders, uh, is he? And we'll play it and then ask the question: Is he right to feel disrespected? Here's what Shadur Sanders had to say after the game. It was extremely personal. We go out there, warm up. You got the head coach for the other team trying to stand in the middle of the buff. Like it's okay if, if like some couple players do it. It's fine, you know. Like to just enjoy the scenery. But when you got the whole team trying to disrespect it, then I'm not, you know, I'm not going for that at all. So I went in there and disrupted it. So they knew off rip. Like, nah, this the Buffaloes mean mean a lot to me. And personally, that's what I say in pregame. And that's when I knew it was just extreme disrespect. And that's why it was the coach. The coach said a lot of things about my pops, about the program. But now that he want to act nice, I don't I don't I don't respect that because you hating on another man. You shouldn't do that. So it was just all respect was gone for them in their program. Now, I like playing against their D.C. I like playing against them. But respect level, it ain't it ain't there because you disrespected us first. So some people be like, what are you talking about? Because like Matt Rules made very respectful post-game comments and whatnot. But if you do a little digging, you'll see what Shadur's kind of getting at, Aaron. Um, mm-hmm. first off, in the offseason, there were a lot of quotes about Rule about like, you know, you'll see when we put out videos, we're working, we're not talking. Or uh, you know, we don't want to let cameras into our practice. You know, it kind of you know, kind of vague illusions, nothing too bad, but the real sin is, dude, and Matt Rule, man, you get what you, you know, you kind of get what you put in. He held a team meeting on the Buffalo at the 50-yard line, a full-ass team meeting for the game. And I know this sounds like toxic meathead dumbassedness and that matters, but it fucking does. And yeah. it is. Do you know how furious I would get when somebody would fuck with the eye in Death Valley? Like, I'll never forget. Uh, Florida comes into the valley, kicks their ass before the game though. They were, they were messing around on the eye, like running around and stomping on a little bit. And we wanted to get it back. We get our ass kicked. Like, the next year, it motivated me for an entire year. The next year we beat him on the last play of the game. The first fucking thing I did was run out to midfield and start stomping on the F, jumping up and down on it as hard as I could. So Matt rule knew what he was doing. Okay. Yeah. And he pissed her off. And he found out what happens when you piss off an alpha quarterback. Also, there's a very cool video I'd say go look up of Shooter Sanders walking into Nebraska's team huddle and breaking it up and starting his warm-up. And they're all trying to like stand around him and intimidate him. And he's fucking chilling because he knows what's about to happen. And Nebraska, I love you. I'm T Cobb. You know this. Shout out Corn Hub. Yeah. But that was wrong. And you you acted like a bitch, kind of, and you got treated like one. Yeah. Well, and and, and that's why I said last week and that 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 he is my number two quarterback in that conference is because of that confidence. It is because of that confidence, man. Like he is so much swagger. He's not afraid to be a leader. He's not afraid of the competition. He's not afraid of the spotlight. 
And, and, and NFL teams love that, man, because it is, it is the, the ultimate job as being the NFL quarterback comes with a lot of responsibilities, comes with a lot of scrutiny. And he's showing right now that he can handle everything thrown his way in a, in a very mature way. So, uh, that you thought that disrespect was bad. You know, you remember Dan landing this off season saying some of the stuff he said about Colorado, like, yeah, like, like there's a lot of. There's a lot of what Dion say. I'm, 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 I'm keeping receipts. I'm keeping receipts. Yep, I'm keeping yep. receipts. Yeah, that that's gonna be playing all over. And you know, I'm not much of like a, a a too much of a believer in bulletin board material. Like you're either good or you're not good. You're either prepared or you're not prepared. Like a little thing here or there maybe adds one or two percent to your game. Like I don't think it's enough to win or lose. I don't think. Nebraska having that huddle on the 50 yard line caused Colorado to win the way they did. Colorado was a better football team. And we said it last week on the show, they were more athletic and they yeah. were going to eventually run circles around the Well, and they had a massive, massive advantage at quarterback, obviously. Yes. And, and, yes. That, and that, and that was like earlier yep. was maybe more about Jeff Sims being bad, but by the end it was about Shooter just being fucking incredible. That much better. Yep. hundred percent. Um, Shooter Sanders, 450 yards per game. 77.5 completion percentage, mm. 10.1 yards per attempt, six touchdowns, and no picks. What? What? I mean, take a bow, bro. I didn't think that was I I mean, what would away. you say? What do you say wins? I'm saying eight. Um, I don't know. I'd have to look at the schedule. I I mean, yeah, I mean, whatever. Like I said, I immediately think that and then this added to this but like i immediately feel that they are better than the kind of middle of the pack tier yep. of the pack 12 and that against the grouping of uh washington oregon usc and uh utah oregon state uh and or uh, yeah yeah God, so, yeah dude, look at their oregon. schedule though i mean it's crazy to see they how could probably win a couple of those as of right now colorado's remaining schedule Against the number 13 team in the country, Oregon, against the mm. number five team in the country, USC, Damn. the number 24 team in the country, UCLA, number Damn. 16 team in the country, Oregon State, the number Oof. 23 team in the country, Washington State, and the number 12 what? team in the country, Utah. The Pac 12 is loaded this year. I don't know if you y'all missed it. I watched it this morning. Uh Washington State taking down Wisconsin and uh I, I didn't uh, get quarterback I it this weekend. Yeah, and 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 um uh, their Cam quarterback Ward? Cam Ward. You remember I told you about Cam Ward? Almost made my top five. He was number six in my top five quarterbacks of the week. That's going to be posted later on today. Uh, look pretty dang good. Yeah. So um, Colorado's going to have the work cut out for him, but you know, at the same time, sustainable good elements there. Like yep. they have the pieces to win some of those games. I'm not going to sit here and tell you you're going to win them all because I don't think that, no. but mm -mm. God, what an incredible year for the Pac-12. So freaking weird how the world works. Truly a swan song for the ages. I mean, just burning as bright, like, like an exploding star burning as bright as it possibly could before it completely falls apart. Crazy. Um, Crazy. All right, that's going to do it. I think for today's show, uh, or Nola June says, Dion's the type of coach you could search out every bit of perceived disrespect he can find to fuel his team. Apparently, Apple's leaning against the truck. I mean, look, that's every great coach, right? Nick Saban does it. Obviously, Kirby Smart. We, we talked a ton about how he did that last year. The only thing is, Dion doesn't have to go that far to find it. Right. Curry Smart had to do gate David Copperfield level magic to try to convince his team that there were analysts out there saying they were going to go seven and five. Uh, all Dion had to do was turn on almost any show. I mean, Luganville right before the season starts. RIP Tom Luganville. Uh, Turner Young says Penix for Heisman. Hell yeah. And Turner Young, I didn't miss your comments at the beginning of the show. You know, people are talking to Aaron Texas back. Who's the last quarterback that beat Texas? Who's less quarterback to beat Texas? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Michael Penix Jr. Last year's bowl game, dude. You know, uh, I mean, hey, uh, Penix for highs. There you go. Um, Joe Storm, Joe, my dudes. Hell yeah, man. All right, look, we got to go. But again, a massive thank you for everybody for hanging out this weekend. I think we may have a tentative plan here to be on YouTube Live on Mondays. Now, we still have a contract that they have that dictates that we'll be on there four times through the week. But um, it is always fun 
getting in front of y'all live and uh, getting to hang out. So uh, subscribe, like it. We're trying to, are we at 5K yet? Are we trying to get to 5K? We're, we're, we're almost to 5K. Let's do it by this weekend. Please, spread the please, word. please spread the word. Tell your friends, help us get to 5K, youtube.com slash at volume snaps. And um, uh, yeah, we love you. Thanks for the great show. Huge thank you to Ryan Brumley, Pat Gunther, Adam Gracia, Danny Cardenas, Chris Tran. Phil makes your happen to the volume and Papa Colin. How about our co-worker here at the volume? Darius Slay with the big pick six on Sunday. Love to see our co-workers thrive. Uh, thank you, Aaron. And we'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of Snaps. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.